and welcome to Talking AI, a podcast about all things artificial intelligence brought to you by Scan AI. Each episode, we'll be taking a look at a different relevant topic or industry affected by artificial intelligence. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki Dean. I'm Daniel Parkinson. And for our first episode, we're going with the biggie, aren't we, Dan? We're going to go with, is AI taking over the world? Yeah, quite, quite a scary topic. It is. And it's a big one. But before we answer that question, I want to go right back to basics and talk about what is artificial intelligence in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a marketing term uh, in short. It's an umbrella term. AI has been around since the 50s um, in some way, shape or form. Uh, AI encompasses a couple of different things. So traditionally today, when we think of AI, we think of it in its form of deep learning. But that's a subset of machine learning which is a subset of ai so ai technically is an umbrella term for everything machine learning and deep learning different versions of of ai okay so artificial intelligence we talk about the artificial thing what it can be i think people conjure up that 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 perhaps don't know about it or aren't thinking about it in terms of tangible ways that are actually already using it which i know we're going to talk about today it can sound quite scary can't it sort of robots and quite sci-fi and futuristic but it's not, is it? What does the broader term, what does it cover off? When we say artificial intelligence, what are we actually referring to? Uh, a couple of different things. So when I very first uh, joined Scan and joined the AI team, I used to think AI was the Terminators or yeah. the, <laughs> the things that's going to take over the world, uh, the robots. Um, that is something completely different. It's it's an amalgamation of all different traditional AI, machine learning, deep learning techniques. Um, So it's putting things like computer vision, natural language processing together, and then having it think for itself, and then adding all three of those together. That's traditionally called AGI, so artificial general intelligence. Okay. So when you see the robots that can talk, that's got uh, cameras in there, it's got all sorts of other things that's going on underneath the scene. Um, And that is the Terminator that's going to eventually take over the world, at least in my head. Yeah. but AI, not to scare anybody. That's no. not going to happen. No, <laughs> no it's not. It's not. We're, we're quite a way off that yet. Um, but yeah, AI, it is everywhere. As we, we've talked about before, it, we're using it every day and, and perhaps we don't even know it. It's in our mobile phones. It's in our TVs. It's in a lot of the things that we use day to day, baked into that technology under the scene that you perhaps don't necessarily know about. Okay, so let's make it tangible to people. How are, is your everyday person in the street? Let's give them an example of AI. You've said it's in your phone, something that everybody does every day, just to give them an idea what is artificial intelligence that you're using right now in your hand. Uh, so predictive text um, as a very, very basic example. So whenever you're typing a text message, you may may or may not notice that that's there, um, but that's a model that's been trained to understand uh, or predict what you're going to type next. So when you're typing something, it'll pop up with little suggestions of, of words that you could maybe save yourself a couple of little clicks of, rather than typing all the letters, you just tap on that word. Uh, that's now evolving. I think if you type emails um, in certain programs, it will sort of forward plan a lot of the sentence and you can just press a button and it will give you the whole sentence rather than you typing it all out because it knows and it's learned that that is the most likely occurrence. That is effectively what a lot of AI is, it's basic math and it's a, a probability of an outcome. 
you get that on Facebook now, don't you? You know, if you see a friend's post and it's obviously, it, it's recognised certain words that if you go to click with a comment, it's already written one for you. And you yeah. can click it saying, congratulations, I'm really happy for you. I'm thinking, I never even wrote that. It's just generated <laughs> it from understanding what the post is. And I guess also getting to know the language that you use as well. So yeah. well, we are all using it every day. I sort of laugh when I see those posts because you see a lot of the same people yeah. who put the same picture on and it's got the, the emoticon or whatever it is that, that links to it. And yeah, you can sort of see that people have just tapped a button rather than actually engaged. So that's a really good example of, as the end user, how we are seeing and using artificial intelligence, but what's actually going on behind the scenes then to get to that point? Uh, many, many years and man hours of research, development, training. Uh, so the, we traditionally split it up at SCAN into three different workloads, development, training, inference. That bit that you're seeing is the end goal. It's the inference stage. But that training could take anything from two, five years, uh, depending on the speed and volume of data that you've got. And, and a lot of this does center around the data, having a very well curated, <laughs> it's, don't wanna go too technical, but a data set. Um, and that's just been trained to sort of recognize many different patterns and ways of people typing and sending messages to understand that this is probably, you know, you've typed what is, and it's read the rest of, or understood the rest of, the sentiment and the email that you, or message that you've typed and it's then going to predict the most likely outcome of, of what you want to say next um you from the the birthday example that you gave they know that it's a person's birthday they know that you visited that person's profile it's very likely there's very high probability that you're there to say happy birthday so it's a you know, very good chance a high probability that that's what you want to do the ai model has then basically predicted that that that's what you've come for uh, and then just gives you a selected series of outcomes or things for you to do actions for you to sort of take off the back of that similar with linkedin it knows that someone's been in our role for a certain period of time it knows that you visited that person's profile so it's then taken all those different metrics to then go right you want to congratulate that person Pretty clever, isn't it? Is it is it going to make us lazy, though? I mean, those are the, some nice shortcuts that I think when we've got these busy days, it's quite nice to do, but it takes the kind of the personal angle out of it. Is it going to make us lazy in some respects of our life, then, do you think, artificial intelligence or, or the opposite? Um, that's, that's a very... I think it's probably going to be... Yeah, is the short answer. I think it will. <laughs> I think it will. And that's, that's just nature. Uh, you know, whatever's the easiest outcome the simplest form of doing something we will uh, i think amazon have simplified the journey to buy something you know you can buy something in four clicks now uh, so that they've simplified that journey and ai will do that so as an assistive technology yeah it will simplify a lot of things but we will you could look at it as lazy you could look at it as being assisted i was going to say let's look at it as being efficient yeah. Better use of our time, maybe. Exactly. Okay, so we can we can get our heads around maybe how the huge corporations can easily adopt this. They've got loads of money to throw at it. They've perhaps got in-house experts. But what about the other end of the scale, maybe micro-businesses, smaller businesses that don't have loads of money to throw at it? Is it accessible from a cost perspective in reality? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of time and effort. As I said, this is AI's been a thing for a long time. And there are a lot of free-to-access resources. There are a lot of pre-trained models uh, that 
people have already done all the hard work and, and simplified it and made it, as you say, very accessible and easy for people to go and take something like that. Yes, it might be basic. It might not be for a very specific requirement, but it's something that people can go and implement right now and with with great ease. You know, that's that's sort of the, the beauty of where Scan come in and we can sort of help you know, we our day-to-day engagements are very much with asking people what are you trying to do what what's the goes the business goal what's the outcome that you need to achieve and then we'll show you all these different resources that it's got that we, you've got available to you it could be some large-scale training that you may need it could be a cloud instance from one of you know from scans cloud it could be just something that's free and readily accessible now so there's a plethora of different options um it is, from my perspective, understanding the whole playing field, very accessible to everyone. Okay. Um, give us some examples then of how, if you are a micro business, you don't have loads of budget, how you might start to adopt artificial intelligence, whether that is deep learning, machine learning, whatever. We're using the broader sense of artificial intelligence. Um, would that be something like automation, starting to automate certain, dare I say, monotonous tasks? Can you give me an example of that and, and how you might apply that to a micro business or maybe even like a sole trader, one man band, haven't got a lot of money. You just want to be able to be more efficient in some aspects of your business yeah there's as i say so i think depends how how much time and energy and investment that you want to make in that of where you start off um if for someone very basic who just wants to say for example monitor traffic of people coming into a shop there's lots of pre-trained models that are out there that scan people and you can set up something that does a, a simple counter so you can set up a very basic camera with something a laptop a computer that then analyzes and tracks that traffic people coming in um that you could then use that as you know from a, a business owner's perspective as analysis of how what footfall am i getting in my shop and then you could then you know then roll advance that a little bit further if then you could track people in your store heat map it wherever they go um, and place specific marketing in certain areas of the business that's definitely something that's can help people with uh, there's all sorts of stuff that that's from physical bricks and mortar stores from an online perspective um, you know there's there's all sorts of recommendation engines things that it's a big topic but looking at your viewing patterns your viewing habits and the things that you actually uh, click on and, and look at then generates recommendations of other stuff of similar nature and type that is a business that has built or employed deployed that model to go and do exactly that to make a recommendation for you which we're seeing a lot of actually across the board aren't we we were talking a bit earlier about things like netflix you know you get recommendations based on your viewing habits yeah. or you know i do a lot of online clothes shopping i'm starting to see recommendations of shoes that will match the dress i've just bought and it knows my size and it knows that i'm a sucker for a, a promotion <laughs> so it sends me certain things so you can actually start to understand from both sides of the coin really why that's beneficial for me makes yeah. my life easy you know i'm literally i'm on there oh, brilliant there's a new outfit never thought of that boom in my shopping cart done but from the retailers perspective and whether that's a small or large business that's you know being able to uh, maximize sales to upsell to recommend things and yeah. to 
the data. Essentially, that's what I'm getting at. The data behind all of that, it's collecting data all the time, which is powerful. It's the future. If you've got that data, you can start to predict. You can make sure you've got the right stock in. You can make sure that you are, you know, perhaps if you've overbought stuff, you can flog it to somebody thinking, well, I know she likes to buy a handbag with that, so let's show that's her. But it's powerful, isn't it? It's it is. really powerful in all industries, I would say. Yeah, yeah, there? definitely. There's, and there's a lot of, you can sort of generalize a, a use case. So recommendation engines, as you said, they're used in Netflix, but they're used in retail. They're used pretty much industry you know across all sorts of industries uh, from a logistics perspective you know retail has a logistics angle where you're going to be shipping stuff out so finding optimal times and patterns for shipping things uh, but then a manufacturing perspective they have inbound and outbound deliveries and stock movements all over so the logistics angle definitely has a transfer learning perspective uh, you know transcends industries then so it's more the actual use case or the what you're trying to achieve yeah we spoke a bit there about how data is key and i know when you mentioned about the um scanning the shop so you can see who's in your shop and when you know i would imagine there's some people horrified thinking scanning me in a shop nowhere but our data is out there anyway isn't it what what would you say to people who've perhaps you know a little bit nervous either that's the business owner thinking oh it doesn't feel quite right that we've you know asking for all this information and we're scanning and whatever else and also from the person on the other side that's saying, I don't want everybody to have my data. It's not something I'm comfortable with. Is it an ethical kind of issue, would you say? Yeah, I think that's that's, that's a way bigger topic. Um, I'm definitely not the person to define those ethics. I, it's going to be everywhere. As I said before, we are using it, whether we know it or not. Every time you consent to a website, you're tracking cookies, things like that, a lot of the options are turned on. Um, it's naturally going to be people who are security conscious about what data you're giving out, and that's why GDPR is a thing. You, you can you've got the right to be forgotten, but that data is also useful, as you said, to make life efficient for everybody. And it's it's almost a balance, a sacrifice of how much data about yourself you are prepared to give away uh, in order to make your life easier. You're right, though, isn't it? I think we're ticking those boxes all the time, aren't we? Oh, yeah. you can win a holiday. You only have to give me this information about you. It's just, it's all around us, isn't it? And it is a huge topic. I know we'll probably do an episode just on that one thing, the ethics yeah. behind data and artificial intelligence and security aspects. So we won't go too into it today. Uh, we spoke about accessibility for businesses of all sizes from a cost perspective. But what about the knowledge base? It is intimidating. There's a lot of buzzwords that if you're not in the industry you'll be thinking, what on earth are they talking about? So in terms of, you know, being realistic about time that people have got to invest in this, how can you learn quickly about artificial intelligence? So you understand that what the trends are, you understand how to select exactly the right model for your business. How do you go about finding out that information? And is it easy enough to do in reality for your average person on the street? Um, yes and no, depends, I suppose... <laughs> And again, that may be a bit of a cop-out answer, um, but it depends how tech-savvy you are and how what access to what information you've got. Scan definitely make that easy and, and simplify that for everybody. So if, you know, again, the day-to-day engagements for us very much centre around what do you want to achieve? How do you try and achieve it? And that could be with a CTO or a director of a business or a doctor or an actual data scientist. And, you know, we, we then make recommendations based on solutions that are available. And they are just that, the recommendations but we'll also give you know more than one way to approach it but we do um i know there's also there's a lot of training involved isn't there both from nvidia and also that scan can help with as well which will take you through the basics essentially of artificial intelligence deep learning and sort of give you an idea of how you could start to adopt it within your business whatever size that might be yeah 
Yeah, so that's something we've we definitely we've put a lot more emphasis on over the last, let's say, 18 months to two years. Uh, SCAN have always delivered DLI, so Deep Learning Institute courses, which are NVIDIA certified courses. Uh, over the last two years, that's accelerated phenomenally. Um, we, we're sort of trying to put that on at least every quarter, and that may be doubling again uh, to every sort of six weeks. The one we actually delivered was a couple of weeks ago now, was aimed at exactly that type of persons. People, they want to adopt and, and implement some form of AI, but they don't quite know what's going on. It's, it's a black box, and they just want that, that fundamental knowledge and understanding of what it is, how do I get started. So I can deliver that course. We also then look at stuff that's a bit more advanced and a bit more, I don't want to use the term grown up, but that then takes it to the next level of how to parallelize, distribute, how to accelerate all of that knowledge. But then that's the formal side of training. Informally, you know, we have a lot of experience as a team. We've been doing AI for many, many years and we are here to help. It's the short version. You know, we, I will spend all day talking to people about what they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve and, and just make those recommendations. The rest of the team are exactly the same. So we, you know, if, if anybody does need help, they don't know where to get started. It is a big, scary space. We can hold your hand through that process. I was going to use that same term as in, you know, let's be honest about if you've got a small business owner and you know that it should be on your radar, but you, for a number of reasons, you just don't know where to start. Would it be as simple as, and you said it there, holding hands and talking you through the basics? Because it is, there's no doubt about it, artificial intelligence is a very intimidating space. If it's not something you're used to, you don't consider yourself tech savvy. But I think people are starting to understand now that you've got to at least be aware of it or you're going to be completely left behind as a business is that a fair point do you think yeah yeah definitely and i think it was in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy uh the all technology that was created before the age of you were 35 mm -hmm. is an opportunity for you to make money and anything that comes out after the age of 35 is going to bring about the end of the universe right okay <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the common that's perception of, uh, yeah okay you, you know and if if you are young and you know Everyone is, is using technology. If you look at the youth of today and make at the risk of sounding old, when I was a kid, um, <laughs> I didn't have access to half of the resources. You know, it's I scary, had a isn't it? Very thick encyclopedia to yeah. do my homework with. Yeah, uh, I know. But now the kids have got Wikipedia, they've got Google, they've got access to all sorts of resources. And, you know, it, technology has advanced massively. Um, and I think everyone should embrace it. Everyone. <laughs> Not everyone wants to. My father-in-law still refuses to use his debit card, still writes checks. Checks? Seriously? Yeah. But old school. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's that works for him. So, yeah, old school with the check there. I like that one. And whilst it's nice that there are people who still want to use those traditional ways of paying for things, for example, is it fair to say that at some point in the near future, they're going to get left behind? There's just not the options to pay by check in a lot of places already. Yeah, I think that's that's embracing technology as a whole. I think yeah, everyone needs to. But also, I feel like businesses that embrace AI have almost that responsibility to to still give people that option that, you know, yes, it will simplify an experience, but not make that the only option, if that makes sense. Still give and, and make available bricks and mortar stores, people to talk to uh, on the other ends of a phone, as opposed to a, a chatbot that is an AI model that's designed to understand what you're doing. I mean, I used one on Amazon uh, very recently, and it was a seamless experience. 
Um, but that's because I sort of embrace AI and technology. I understand what's going on. I understand how to get the response out of that chatbot. Um, but I, I do see, you know, some of, like I said, my parents and, and my, my in-laws a little bit fearful of that. So I, I can see people getting left behind. It's understandable, though, isn't it? I think uh, you mentioned the the older generation. It, it's incredibly intimidating for for even younger people. But if if you've always done things a certain way, there will be that sort of hesitancy to adopt, and and they should have the right to do that. That's that's my worry that for older people, that you know their traditional ways of doing things and that face to face contact is not just older people. There are certain things I want to talk to a human being. I do not want to be on an automated line where I've got to press several numbers and then they cut me off. It's frustrating. So so what do we do about that then? Is is that just going to become the norm that in certain roles we won't see a human being? Yeah. But a gen it's and you've hit the nail on the head. It's a generational thing. You know, we've grown up in an area in a time in an era where you do if you want to go and return something, you go to a store, you go to a returns desk and you speak to a person, explain it. Our kids and, and that generation are going to grow up in an era of speaking to chatbots online. It, it is a generational thing. And unfortunately, I think it is going to get phased in over the years. In 50 years time, everything will be AI or technology or whatever the next big thing is. How do we help? I mean, I, I know you haven't got all the answers here, but you're on the <laughs> spot. But how do we help maybe our parents or grandparents or older people that just, it, it, how do they do it? But they don't want to go online. You know, they, they might not even have the internet or all these things. How do we expect that certain subsets of our society to be able to take part in, in things if yeah, it's out of their realm of knowledge or capability or just the mere fact they don't want to? There's sort of two sides of that. And there's either the business, as I said, businesses should at least maintain that, that social responsibility to support people that potentially don't want to use this assistive technology. But also, you know, if you've got family that are potentially struggling and you've got the knowledge and understanding, sort of like what I do day to day, help them along the way and, and maybe hold a hand. This is how you send a text. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've looked at kind of one end of the spectrum there about, you know, maybe some of the hesitancies about adopting it, but it is making life a lot easier on on the one hand. But I'm just thinking of an example as we were talking there about younger people and some of the things that are actually quite character building. I remember having to physically go into a shop and return a skirt and and it was all above board but the, I'd be sweating I'd be thinking oh my god I've got to talk to this person they're going to ask me if I worn it you know they're going to look at the label and that's just something that our kids would never have to think about you just put it back in the envelope and and you don't even have to speak to a person you scan it so it, how it's changed is is dramatic isn't it? it has made our lives easier but do you think it's also taken away some of the things that are actually quite character building yeah yeah, and I think you like you said you mentioned it uh, sort of at the top of the episode that is it going to make us lazy, and and it probably will make certain aspects of human interaction lazy. Like you said that that ability to speak to and convince somebody that no, I haven't worn this skirt, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I never had, but I was still always really nervous. Yeah, neither had I. But I still got. Asked well, that's the for another episode, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Um, but 
I mean, it is. It's just, I mean, I was I was probably, you know, being a bit cheeky there because that's not something you can answer. And unfortunately, that's just what's happening with the world. And I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be so resentful that I actually had to do those things. So is there a flip side to that then for the younger generation who know nothing different? Yeah. You know, is, what is it doing for, for them that maybe, because uh, we probably straddle both sides, actually. Like you were saying, we were grown up without all of these things, but we've embraced them at an early enough age that it's ingrained in our everyday. We'll talk mm. about maybe some examples of what we've done recently that's AI but um, what's it actually doing for young people that is a positive would you say because we've talked about some of the things about the character build and I was pulling your leg a bit there but it is a concern as a parent I'm thinking you'll never have to do some of the things that made me the person I am today you yeah. know but what are the positives for the younger generation who just embrace AI they won't even ever question it it's just ingrained in them it's what they do I think it's going to make the world a smaller place for them in a good way it's going to make things more accessible and and that's that's technology as a whole i suppose um you know you, people have got friends the other side of the world now whereas as you said when True. we were growing up it was the next street along and uh, pen pals that was your only way yeah. of making friends abroad a pen right pal. A i loved my pen pal <laughs> i wonder what they're up to now anyway <laughs> we digress i'll have to use ai to trap them down i used to have one in france did think, you yeah we got given one uh, <laughs> we got given one as well <laughs> Yeah. I bet they don't do that now, no, do they? No, they don't. They just send emails. Yeah, bring back pen pals. Just do a, a chat, like a video chat or something like that. But yeah, I think a lot of that, that's technology making the world smaller. I think from an AI perspective, it will it will make the world far more efficient. As I said, that, you know, from from a logistics perspective, just having that optimizations and helping, using it as an assistive technology will definitely help the future generations do things that used to take a week, 10 days, no, in a day, potentially. Opportunities, I think. There's there's far more opportunities, isn't there, for, for all young people, hopefully. I hope I'm right in saying that. That maybe some things that you wouldn't have been able to for a number of reasons, maybe where you were born, the family that you live in, they're all kind of accessible. You can get involved in them online now a bit more, maybe. Um, I think I know the answer that you're going <laughs> to give me to this, but if we go back to the original question that we posed at the top about is AI taking over the world... Is it, Dan? I think, yeah. In the short version, it is slowly phasing its way into taking over everything. Whether that is the ultimate goal and, and whether that ends with AI, whether it evolves again, um, remains to be seen. But I think it is going to become more ingrained in, in everyday life. In a positive way, though. Yeah. Because I think when we first, when you first hear that question, it does sound quite scary. You've got this kind of vision maybe of a robot coming after your job and thinking, <laughs> how on earth am I going to make ends meet for my family? But I think hopefully we've given some examples and we'll give some more in a minute about how it's actually, it's maybe taking over some jobs. Yeah. There's no argument about that. No, we're going to look at particular workplaces, but it's perhaps the jobs that human beings don't naturally want to do. Yeah. And again, as I say, it, think of it as an assistive thing. You're not necessarily directly replacing. Uh, look at self-driving cars. You know that is that's a full AI implementation. Many years, hours, and dollars get put into making that work. Um, but that's then saving you, making you more efficient. You can watch the latest episode of your TV episode now, legally, uh, whilst driving to work. So that there's <laughs> in a self-driving car. We in hate a self-driving. If you're listening, you think, oh, well, I didn't know that. I'll get me an iPad set up on the dashboard. No, no, no. That's not what we're referring to. It's crazy, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is. But it's it's obviously, as you said, I think that's that's definitely the right way to look at it. It's going to make us all very 
efficient at what we do and that open ups opens up more time to do more things yeah so in in rather than thinking about robots the example i gave there which is perhaps a bit out there but coming after your job yes it is for some jobs but in the same breath it's opening up a whole new world and it's creating brand new jobs which hopefully we're seeing you know is, is trickling right down to the education system i know we're going to go off on all sorts of tangents in future <laughs> ones but um it's just an interesting thing to think about and and for people to know that you know there's no denying that in a lot of ways it is taking over the world and some jobs, but in the same breath, it's creating lots of opportunities and lots of jobs. And it's just like any sort of revolution, so to speak. It's, yeah. It just changes and you go with the flow and, and there's lots of information out there to make that transition not quite so scary for some people who don't want to get on board but know that they should be. Yeah. I mean, you said machines are not the enemy <laughs> if if that makes sense in machines we've used machines in industry and in manufacturing for hundreds of years um automating some of those tasks has just changed that job the, the job of the person that used to operate that machine potentially to the one that then services and maintains that machine so it's not necessarily replacing people um i, I think it, you know it's best to look at it more of an assistance yeah you love that one, don't I you? Know, You've used yeah. that term a lot, assistive technology. I like it. Um, yeah, it's just evolving with the times, isn't it? I think if we go back through any sort of industrial revolution, that's just what's happened, hasn't it? It's just yeah. been the change. You embrace it and and you've, it's been positive yeah. for the most part, hasn't it? Definitely. So in terms of how we've both used AI, um, we had a chat earlier about how we might look at some examples and I have to be honest and say I have actually used it this morning knowingly um, because I did buy a dress for the weekend and there was some recommendations and I did buy some of them okay. I'm, a, I'm like every retailer's dream probably <laughs> but um, how have you used it in the last few days can you think of any examples of how perhaps it's, you're not consciously going oh I'm about to use artificial intelligence but it's just something that you do yeah. I mean any social medias, you know, they are big, big users of, of AI technologies, recommendation engines. Um, you know, I think it's baked into a lot of people. The first thing you do when you get up is check the social media of what's happening and what's going on. Um, looking at news, uh, you know, all of that then presents information in a specific way. And that's based off your habits. So, you know, I, I, that's a lot of things that I've done sort of today. What I will do later on is, is potentially watch some streaming tv some form of service mm -hmm. which will make a recommendation based off my habit and i, I sort of try and play with the algorithms a little bit <laughs> a bit <laughs> sad <tease>. um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and trick it because it'll think right. that i want to watch a specific <laughs> video but i'll scroll past it and then click a series of other videos oh you rascal just to, just to trick the model um but it, it retrains and yeah. it learns then that potentially what i was showing you isn't necessarily as relevant now so then retrains it to start showing you a new series of videos which is great and again it it keeps things fresh yeah i love though that you're trying to actually check so this new technology that we've just spent maybe you know 20 minutes half an hour discussing about how it makes your life easy you're actually actively trying to Break undo it. all of the algorithms trying to get it to unlearn your habits just to throw a spanner in the works yeah sorry it's good. Well, I like it. It's good. And like you say, the important part of it is is it's so adaptable, it's so quick, and it learns so quickly that it unlearns and then relearns. So, yeah. you know, at some point it's going to catch you out. Yeah, it probably <laughs> will. And, 
maybe that there is an element baked into that. You know, some of the recommendations are a random video that I may like. Uh, but as I say, it's, it's down to a probability, um, and that's all it is. It's, it's basic maths of probable outcome. And you know, it's there's a maybe a fifty percent probability that I will be random that day and not click on the recommended <laughs> video. Uh, it may learn that. It may learn that every so often I change my viewing habits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right now, it's wondering who on earth you are. Let's be <laughs> honest. But um, yeah, I'm no doubt that it will actually at some point catch you out, and yeah. you'll be like. I've used all my tricks in the book. Right, well, I think that just about brings us to the end of our first podcast. We don't want to go too into the nitty-gritty because we've got loads to talk about on future episodes. Some of the areas we just scratched the surface, didn't we? Yeah. How was it for you? Oh, (laughs) sailor. No, it was great. I can talk about this all day. Excellent. Well, that's good because that's what you do next time. Well, we're going to take a look at is AI after your job? So essentially, is there a robot coming for your job? I hope not. Oh dear, I think it started already here. Um, <laughs> like a dialogue, didn't it? <laughs> a little bit, but we got the idea. Anyway, uh, I look forward to chatting next time about is AI after your job? And we'll see you then. Thanks. Yeah.